0: To say welcome to all of those that are here and those that are watching at all of our campuses. Uh, we are focusing on Christmas this week. And a reminder that Christmas Eve services are special. There are all the carols that you've wanted to sing. And I keep pushing the number up, like sing another one, sing another one. And then, of course, we have the candlelight. And uh, I'm not much of a traditional person, but how many are with me? Like there is just some warmth and peace that floods over you when you sing Silent Night with a candle in your hand. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like there's just like a a good feeling that happens, and uh, that'll happen at all of our campuses and just want to remind you about that. I want to bring family, bring friends, invite your neighbors, get people here and uh, make sure that they know that we've made room for them. There's services all over. And uh, I do want to let you know, uh, this weekend services are different. Like if you're at the weekend services now, the Christmas Eve is going to be completely different and uh, just praying that you'll bring someone here and be a part of it. Now, my message today, we've been focusing on, uh, on the joy of Christmas and we've said joy bringer And we just kind of focused on joy this year And the message today is called Joy Changes Everything Joy Changes Everything And I've noticed in life that when you're full of joy uh, All of a sudden the rules change How many know what I'm talking about? Alright, some of you are like, I still i am not sure where you're going But I'll illustrate it on, on November 8th, the Minnesota Gophers were playing number four Penn State in football It was a big thing And all of a sudden, after they beat number four Penn State, the players run onto the field. They're lifting PJ Fleck up. It's going crazy. And then the fans disregard the fans should stay off the field at all times. How many know what I'm talking about? You hear that warning, and they disregard it and they flood the field. Go ahead and show the picture. I mean, the fans were everywhere, all over the field. And the rules say they're not supposed to be on the field, but how many know Joyce said, get on the field? And then Joy sometimes even says, tear down the goalpost, but don't do that. All right, yeah. Maybe if we'd have beat the Badgers, we'd have tore it down. All right, but anyway, all right. Yeah. But Joy changes everything. It does. Now, somebody say, well, I'm not a football fan. Well, Joy changes everything, it even changes the rules. And I'll give you this. Uh, I was driving after Easter. It was Easter Sunday several years ago. I was so excited. I was driving up Pilot Knob to whatever restaurant we were going to with our buffet for Easter. I was on the phone. I was talking to one of our other pastors, and I was like, this was amazing. Record attendance. And so many people gave their life to Jesus. Hundreds of people gave their life to Jesus. I'm getting pulled over right now. I got to go. You know? (laughs) And I hung up the phone, I pulled over, I got my family, the family's all in the car, we're heading to buffet, you know, the officer comes up, what are you in the, in your hurry, are you hungry or something? I was like, well, we are hungry, but I was just on the phone, I was talking to one of my other pastors, we were talking about the services for Easter, there was so much joy, there were so many people, record attendance, over 300 people gave their life to Jesus, I just got so excited, and I was going so fast, and I'm sorry, but I was, it was just the joy of Easter, like, and changed lives and everything, and I was like, I'm guilty, yeah. You know? And he looks at me and he's like, oh man. He's like, I never give anyone a warning for passing me. But I don't want to steal your joy, so I'm giving you a warning. Now get out of here before I change my mind. Joy changes everything. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah gets a warning on Not Road. No way. I mean, that had to be joy. All right. But joy changes things. There's something that happens within us. There's something that happens within police officers, within fans, with everybody that says joy changes everything. And I believe this. We have a story that changes everything. The joy of the birth of Jesus changes everything. And I'll read this familiar story. And again, it'll be read on Christmas Eve, but this doesn't count. Don't skip Christmas Eve, all right? Luke chapter two, starting in verse four, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. that will cause great joy for all the people. I love that right there. Great joy for everyone. It says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Man, this is joy. There's joy going on there. We know that Mary has joy because she's having a baby. But in this moment, the shepherds are finding joy and it's about to change everything. If you know this, you probably are very familiar with the Christmas story. And you've probably heard this before, but if you haven't, joy wasn't a common expression for a shepherd. It wasn't. They were looked down upon. They were dirty people. And by dirty, I mean physically unclean. They could not keep the ceremonial purity laws and cleanliness. They had a deep confusion on who owned things, which is a nice way of saying they were known as thieves, okay? Um, They had a gypsy style of living where they would follow the sheep from place to place and wander around and always lived in just this cloud of suspicion. I mean, I don't know about you, when I read to the 23rd Psalm, I had like this just real good feeling, like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, okay? But a third century rabbi said this about the 23rd Psalm. He said, there was no more despised occupation in the world than shepherds. These are the people God goes to and speaks. He says, guess what? I'm bringing you in on the joy. Aristotle said this about uh, shepherds. He said, among men, they are the laziest People on earth, shepherds, they are lazy. So, we have a group of shepherds that are in Bethlehem, they're not full of joy, they're left out, they're looked down upon. And Jesus' birth changes everything. And when it's announced to them, it's interesting like sometimes you see a verse in there and it says, So they hurried off in verse 16. You can't even capture the speed of what we're trying to be told here by Luke. You can't even capture the speed. People that are seen as lazy, like, yeah, we'll get to it when we want to. Like, the the text is telling us there was an urgency. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. We've got to do this. We've got to do this right now. There's an unusual speed because they've just been announced something that is joyful. And it's not just that a baby has been born it's the titles that are there that the angels say, because how many know that babies have a limited circumference of joy? You know what I'm saying? All right. I mean, mom and dad have a level of joy. Grandma and grandpa probably have more joy. You know, how many know? And then like aunts and uncle joy, cousin joy, neighbor joy, coworker joy. And then it's like shepherds, they're not on the list. You know what I'm saying? if the babies have limited there's a circle of joy but shepherds it doesn't reach all the way there but what reached them were the titles that we are so common with that would have blown their mind it wasn't just that a baby was being born because they probably would have skipped that but it was the fact that the titles that were there changed everything when the angel says to them today there has been a savior born We use that term a lot. Matter of fact, even at the end of the service, we'll say, if you would like to accept Jesus as your savior, okay? So we use it a lot, but I want you to know when it was used in their day and age, it was used about Caesar. Caesar was known as the savior of the world. Caesar was out there and he was promoted himself as the savior of the common folk. He was actually would say a title like, I'm Caesar, Savior of the world. He would say things like this, and he was known as the Savior who inaugurated a new and perpetuous age of peace, order, and prosperity, fulfilling the longings of humanity. This is what he said about himself. Could you imagine if he had Twitter? You know what I mean? He'd be unstoppable. it would just be terrible, all right? And he was a Savior in a way, but not if you're Jewish. Not if you're oppressed and definitely not if you're a shepherd and you're oppressed and you're Jewish. And that's the title. So it's interesting that the angel uses this title. And can I just say this? In the political climate we live in, Jesus is our savior. Rome is not our savior. Washington DC is not our savior. Politics is not our savior. Jesus is our savior. Let's get more fired up about sharing the message of Jesus than talking rah-rah politics, all right? Let's talk about our savior. I mean, we vote for our political leaders and they pass laws and they do that. We vote for the laws they're gonna pass, but Jesus is our savior. And the angel's saying, he's savior. He's the one, not the government. And it's interesting, the angels and Luke used the term savior, but most of the other New Testament writers and the early church kind of avoided that title. Again, we use it so often, but they kind of avoided that title. I mean, they weren't ashamed of it, but they knew that it was fighting words and they knew that it would drag them into the political arena. And so they actually avoided that title more often and focused on the other titles of Jesus. But you got to admit, if you're oppressed, if you think, if you're living under somebody who says they're Savior, and they're really not, and they're being oppressive to you, and they're walking around, I'm the Savior of the world, and all of a sudden the angel says, the Savior is here. You're pretty excited, because now you have hope. Now you understand, like, this is bigger than Caesar. This is a big deal. So then we have the, the other title. He says the Messiah. And for us, again, we use that one, but we don't really understand it very much. But they were saying God's promised king, the one we've been waiting for. So he's saying the savior, the one who's for everyone, the one who really is gonna lift all of mankind, that's gonna take care of us. The one that you've been waiting for, that's part of the David, uh, David's line. He's the king, like he's the one. He's the one you've been waiting for. And then he uses the term, the Lord. He says, the Messiah and the Lord, making sure that they understand it's two separate things, not the Messiah of the Lord, but the Messiah and the Lord. The angel is really dropping big, deep theology, big things on the shepherds. And they're getting excited about this because of all the things that were there. And they're saying, it's the promised one. He's the King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. This is the one we're going to worship. And the Bible tells us, and they go to the manger, they worship, and then they leave and tell everyone. I mean, it changes everything. It changes everything. Have you ever noticed like now today, like people have a baby and they send out an announcement on Instagram, like they're like, here's our baby, don't come visit. You know, stay away, we're tired. You know, Mary has shepherds showing up and it's like, who invited them? God, okay, all right. And they're there and they're everything's changing. And then these people that you can't trust their word in court that are kind of seen as suspicious leave there and start telling the good news of Jesus Christ. It's just amazing how God does this, that he takes people that we would never listen to normally. And then he gives them the best message to share. And then they go out and tell people, and I'm sure they're kind of like, these are shepherds, Right. These are shepherds. These are okay. Should we trust with them? Well, they're they're pretty excited about it. They've got, I mean, let's go look at it. Maybe the fact that they were suspicious made other people really look into their claims. I don't know. But God knew what he was doing and joy changed everything. Now the shepherds are guests at the manger instead of being outsiders. But there's another group that was involved in this. And again, very familiar. But we talk about them, the wise men, the magi. In Matthew chapter two, in a different text, again, one that we read all the time at Christmas Eve. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now the Bible tells us that these leaders, these magi, they came from the east and they were following the stars. And it's interesting, the stars were set and people believed that because the stars were set, you could guide your life by them. And all of a sudden they see a new star that is not set. How many know that's catching their attention? And they're catching, it's catching their attention. They see a new star that is appearing and they're looking for this star and they come looking. Now, how many wise men were there? Turn to your neighbor and just tell them how many you think there were. So there were like three and I know their name. okay. No, we don't know. It was like somewhere between three, maybe 12. The Eastern tradition says 12. We do three. It works good in the kids' drama, but, you know, (laughs) don't fight over it, all right? But here's the thing. Um, Side note, before I go and talk about these guys, the whole world was looking at this time, which is interesting. Sometimes we look at this story, and we put it on a postcard, and it becomes our story, and it's kind of like, ah, if you don't want to believe it, you know, uh, it's our nativity. Okay, no. The whole world at that time was aware of what God was doing. People that weren't even Jewish were aware, and it might have been birthed all the way back from Numbers 24, 17, where it says this. It was a prophetic word. It says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob a scepter will rise out of Israel. So it might have been all the way from Numbers 24 that this prophecy started percolating. But here's the thing. Roman historian Suetonius wrote all over the Orient, it spread that a ruler was coming from Judea. So a Roman historian was saying, you got to understand, all over the world... People are starting to say that somebody is coming. A ruler is coming from this area. All eyes are on this area. Tacitus, another uh, historian, said the same thing. He said the rumor was out there. The thought was out there. People were paying attention because a powerful ruler was going to come from Judea. Now, I love that. I I love things like that when I find them and I'm studying and I'm looking and I'm digging in and I hope you do too. Because again, we sometimes think it's just the Bible and it's just our story and there's no other verifiable proof that is out there. But the whole world at that time was looking. So if you're wondering how in the world could wise men from the East be coming there because they were all looking for it. They were all looking. They were paying attention And because they were paying attention, all of a sudden the Bible tells us they get in on the story. And in Matthew chapter 2, it says in verse 10, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were overjoyed. And the rules changed everything. Rulers now bow to a baby. Everything changes in this moment. I mean, it's amazing. After the shepherds, kind of like the outcast of the Jewish people get brought in. Then the outcast of the outcasts, outsiders looking at the stars, not condoning what they did, but outsiders looking at the stars, understanding this is the Savior. This is the one. This is the king that we've been looking at. And it's interesting that might have been the first part of the fulfillment of Psalm 72:11. That verse again prophetically says, "May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him," speaking about our God. And in that moment, kings were bowing before Jesus in that moment. Yeah. Joy changed it. Joy changed it. Outsiders are in, kings are now kneeling down before a baby. And this is an incredible thing. Joy changes everything. But I want to bring you to a very familiar verse, but not related to Christmas or Christmas Eve. John 3.16. John 3.16. we're like, I can quote that one. I can quote that. You know, that's one of the first ones you learn in Bible memory. You're like John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's so much there, and there's huge surprises that God loves us, but there's the biggest surprise is the whosoever 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 with the birth of Jesus it makes sense that the Jewish people would be happy I mean they thought Messiah coming Savior Messiah Lord they thought that equals joy for us and punishment for our enemies that's a good thing joy for us and punishment for them and here's God saying guess what Jesus coming means joy for you and joy for them Joy changes everything for every single one. And I love that word, whosoever, and I'll focus on that with just the remaining time we have. With the birth of Jesus, the whosoever is you and me and every other person on the earth. Whosoever. I mean, whosoever is used 93 different times in the New Testament. 93 different times talking about whosoever, whosoever. Of course, we know it in John three sixteen, but we see it in Romans 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means whosoever. That means you, me, everyone. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. I, I love talking to people that think, I, I can't get in. I can't get in. I, I'm, I've done too much bad. I've done too much evil. We've had people ask us at our church, where they'll talk to the pastors, they'll say, it's almost like they'll test us. Like, does Jesus forgive this? Yes. Did Jesus forgive this? Yes. Did Jesus, will he, would He forgive this? Yes. And They keep getting worse. And at some point you're like, are you asking for a friend? Or like, who are you, you know, what are you doing here? You're like, all right. But they just keep going and we keep answering. Yes, He forgives that. He forgives that. And what they're really trying to find out, would Jesus forgive me? And I want to say, yes, you're in the whosoever. The birth of Jesus changes everything. Joy changes everything. And it allows whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Revelation 22, 17, I love this, that the Bible ends with this. And it talks about this. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Joy changes everything. It means whosoever will can come in. And sometimes we look for people that are almost saved and like we want to bring them into church. Like they're really clean cut and they've got everything all together. And we're just going to try to get them over the line that last little bit. Like they needed to clean themselves up to get into the whosoever. Can I tell you what? The whosoever goes to people that have never thought about cleaning up. I would say this to our church, stop looking for people that are so close. Look for people that are so far because really we all are far away. Many times they say, well, yeah, I don't know about that person. Yeah. Let's go for the, God wants to forgive everyone in that whosoever. And he says, whosoever, whosoever will. And he did say whoever like feels it, whoever cleans himself up, it's just will. Will you just say as a matter of your will, like I will I will do this. I will receive you, Jesus. I receive you. Jesus loves the whosoevers. Joy changed everything for the shepherds. Joy changed everything for the wise men and the outsiders. And joy changes everything for the whosoevers. And I love to just have that moment to look. I mean, tax collectors, whosoever. Fishermen, whosoever. Untouchable, unclean, whosoever. Shepherds, wise men, whosoever. You, me, everyone. The cleanest, the dirtiest, the closest, the furthest, whosoever will joy changes everything and joy could change your life today and if you're watching online or you're at one of our campuses we're going to give an opportunity after i pray this prayer and i just want to give you that opportunity whosoever whosoever every single one that calls upon the name of the lord can be saved joy changes everything so lord i just pray right now that you would help us to realize that joy changes everything we, we, we live in this familiar story. It evokes beautiful, warm feelings in us as we think about you being sent to this earth, Jesus, being born in that manger. It just, it, there's something that is so peaceful about it and beautiful, but help us not to miss that it changed everything. People that were on the outside of the, of the group got brought in. People that were way outside the people would have written off. they would have said, "There's no way God would ever love anyone that could ever be an astrologer. No way, no way. And yet you brought them in, and you let them kneel before you, Jesus. So God, I just pray right now that you'd help everyone in our church and even online, people that are watching this, and they're wondering, is there room for me? There's room for them? And I pray here and at all of our campuses as this opportunity is given. That people would open up their lives and they would say, I want to be part of the whosoever. I want to be part of the whosoever. So help us, God, to realize joy changes everything. Joy changes everything and can change their lives today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.